listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, um, grab, grab some paper, grab a pen, take some notes. I want to deal with this subject that we're talking about, as you saw in the title, the danger of delay. I want to deal with that. The danger of delay. You know, when God speaks to you to do something for him, first of all, let me, let me start by saying every one of you that are watching, every one of you have a purpose from God. Every one of you, there's nobody that's uh, in the body of Christ that is without purpose. There's nobody in the body of Christ that's without purpose. That's important because the enemy will do his best to try to make you feel insignificant. He'll try to make you feel like you're nothing and that what you do doesn't matter and you might as well not try to press so hard. Nobody sees what you're doing. God sees it. Not only did God call you and purpose you, he sees what you're doing for him. That's encouraging because the Bible teaches he has a book of remembrance. Book of Malachi says that. He's got a book of remembrance that he's writing down what we say and what we do in fruitfulness. And he is rewarding us accordingly. And so uh, I want to say that again because... It's so important to always keep in front of you, you have a purpose, that you're important. I want you to write it in the comments to start the day. I have a purpose, I'm important. Because man, if there's anything, if there's anything that the enemy will fight against, it's that thought in the life of a believer. You're insignificant, you don't have purpose, you're not important, that's a lie from hell. And Paul took the time to teach on this to the Corinthian church just to let them know that uh, we're all members in particular. We're part of the same body, but we're all different members of that body. And then he breaks it down as to say, you know, can the eyes say to the ears, I don't need you? Can the nose say to the mouth, I don't need you? No, we need all the members of our body. And so, because we do, don't ever compare yourself with somebody else and say, well, I don't look like them. I don't do what they do all that, and then say, I'm insignificant. That's a lie from the devil. You've got to do what you're called to do. Is that my friend Dwayne? Did I just see my friend Dwayne log on? Who is that? Where is it? Is that D Wayne? (laughs) If it is, if it's my high school friend, I love you. Um, But it's important to know, I have a purpose. I am important. And you've got to keep that in front of your mind because man, will the devil try to fight against that. Uh, by the way, just as a show for those of you that are watching and those that will rewatch, if that's you, you've had, you've had that lie told to you by the enemy, throw a hand up in the comments that you don't matter. Actions are insignificant. It is you. I knew it was you, Dwayne. I love you, man. Um, your actions don't matter. If you've ever had that lie come to you, throw a hand up. There's Cass. Love you, Cass. Um, it's so important to know that that is a lie in every context. It's a lie in every context. You are important. You have a purpose. Your actions are vital. What you do for the kingdom. Look at all the hands. It's amazing how the devil tries to use the same lie on everybody. It's mind blowing to me. Same lie on everybody. You don't matter. Actions aren't important. You know, you're insignificant. Nobody cares. And the thing is, here's what's encouraging. The Bible teaches us that everything we do needs to be done as unto the Lord. That's the key. Everything we do, we do as unto the Lord, which means I'm not doing this for men. I'm not doing this for people. I'm not doing this. You know, even if I work a job, I'm not working a job for my boss. I work as though I'm working for the Lord himself. That's why Christians should be head and shoulders above the rest in excellence, efficiency, all those things. Because we're not working for a boss. We're not working for the weekend. We're not working for a paycheck. We are working for the Lord himself. That's the key. And so right off the bat, remember and know that you have a purpose. 
You have a purpose. And, and I say that to start off because as we're dealing with the danger of delay, one of the things that will cause you to delay in obeying the instructions or commands of God for your life is that feeling of insignificance or that feeling of worthlessness. And when you have that feeling, it can cause you, it can, I'm not saying it will, it can cause you to delay in obeying your instructions, to delay in obeying your instructions from the Lord. Don't do that. Don't ever allow yourself to delay in obeying God's instructions because of that feeling of insignificance. which is ultimately always a lie. It's always a lie. And so I wanted to show you to start off today, a verse of scripture in Psalms, uh, Psalm 119 to be exact, give you Psalm 119 and uh, read you one verse out of that Psalm, 119 and verse 60. If you wanna put the references in the comments, you can do so. This is Psalm 119, And verse number 60, longest Psalm in the Bible, longest, probably longest chapter in the Bible, Uh, Psalm 119 and verse 60. Listen to this. The Psalmist writes, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Do you see that? I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. That's a very, very important verse. Listen to this. I'll go one verse before it. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. And so I love this. And, and, and this, is, this is where we're starting here. This is the main thrust of this now. And the psalmist said, I do not delay to keep your commandments. And so one of the things we have to know as believers is if we know we've got a purpose, if we know we're anointed, if we know we've got a call, then the key being we've got to discover our purpose, discover our our call, discover the commands of God, and don't delay to obey his voice. Don't delay to obey his voice. Um, It's really interesting because this is something that maybe it's not that popular to talk about, Everybody loves to talk about how important it is to just kind of wait and, you know, you got to get wait and use wisdom and get everything in the, and, and faith doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't work that way. When God speaks, we obey. When God speaks, we obey. Why? Because if he go, tells us to go and do something and we look at our natural ability, look at our natural resources, we look at what's in the bank, all those things, it will cause us to stop short and say, hold on. I'm going to wait until I'm in position um, before I go and obey the Lord's command. It's a mistake. Hey, Matt, it's a mistake to do that. And so I'm thinking of uh, when Dr. Lester Sumrall was actually getting ready to launch or do more of feed the hungry. And and instead of using ships and cargo ships and barrels and everything else, he was going to start flying the food around the world. And he needed a huge cargo plane. And, and you've heard me tell the story. The only cargo plane that really would have worked was the military C-130 cargo plane. But the only, the problem with that, it was still classified technology that the government had. And so he literally stood before Congress and asked them to declassify the plans of the C-130 so he could purchase one. Somebody asked him one time, how much money did you have saved up to buy a C-130 if they had uh, declassified it right then and there? He said, zero (laughs) dollars. He had no money set aside uh, to buy that plane when he petitioned them to release the uh, plans or to declassify the technology. He had no plans. He just knew God has given me this mandate. God's the one that sent me on this journey. He's the one that wants the work done. So he'll provide for himself. It's important to remember that if you're doing what the Lord has asked you to do, it's his plan, not yours. This is so important. It's his plan, his mandate, his vision, not yours, which means God 
will provide for himself. God will provide for himself. Man, I could preach that all day long. Put it in the comments. God will provide for himself. That's an exciting thought. God will provide for himself. Yeah, for his plan. That's exactly right. For his plan to happen. I wanted to show you something that'll stir your faith. It's in Genesis 22. Genesis 22 is the story of God speaking to Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And um, as we all know the story, uh, as he was getting ready to, he'd already built the altar. Uh, he, He was on top of Mount Moriah. He was ready to obey the word of the Lord. I'll sacrifice my only son of promise. Ready to do it in pure obedience. And um, notice this, he gets to the top and the angel stops his hand. And then when the angel stops his hand, he looks over and what does he see? He sees a ram caught up in the thicket, a ram caught up in the thicket. God provided for himself a sacrifice. Do you see that? Which is why Abraham uh, goes on at this time, Abram or Abraham uh, goes at this time, goes and says, the, I'm going to call, not God, I'm going to call this place Jehovah Jireh. Look at it with me. Genesis 22 verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place. Notice that called the name of that place. Hmm. Jehovah Jireh or the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. Do you see that? And so Look what God did. God's the one that sent him there. God's the one that gave him the instruction. God's the one that gave him the purpose. He gets there and look what happens. God provides for himself. It was God's plan, not Abram's plan. God provided for himself. I'll call this place Jehovah Jireh. Why? Because God provided for himself in this spot. Amen. And so when you do what God's calling you to do, God provides uh, for himself. That's the English standard version, Matt. God provides for himself. We could actually look at it in a couple different, because I like to sometimes look at the way uh, other translations will render that. But if we're in um, Genesis chapter 22, I love this. This is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. The NET. Listen to the New English translation. And Abram or Abraham called the name of that place the Lord provides. <laughs> I love that. And Abram called the name of the place the Lord provides. It is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, provision will be made. Notice that. In the mountain of the Lord, provision will be made meaning the place he called you to go in the place he called you to go provision will be made. Let's take a look real quick at the new living translation. Listen to this. Abraham looked up, saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place, uh, Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. I love that. I love that. So it gives us the actual Hebrew there. And so you got to understand that Abraham was having an experience based upon what the Lord had told him to do. So this is what I want to show you today for you. If we go back to uh, Numbers chapter 13, a scripture, a passage that we have talked about often in the last year, and that is uh, fear versus faith. It's unbelief versus faith. They go in and we're, we're in uh, Numbers chapter 14. 
these spies go into the promised land and they spy out the land. They see all of the wonderful things that are in the promised land. There's milk, there's honey, the grapes, you should see the grape, but they also see the giants. And so when they come back from the promised land to give a report to the assembly of Israel, this is so important to see this, when they give them the report, what kind of a report is it? Well, as I've covered multiple times, it's the Bible calls it an evil report. It's an evil report. And we know why the Bible calls it that. It's because the, what they were saying or their report contradicted what God already said. He said, you're well able to take the land. I've given you the land. It's yours. They go in, they say, no, we could never take it. There's giants in the land. They're contradicting God. They're contradicting God. And so as a result, as they contradict God, what they say is evil. It's wrong. It's wrong to call God a liar, which essentially is what they were doing. Oh, we can't take it. We can't take it. There's giants in the land. Let me ask you a question. I've asked this before, but let me ask it again in this context. Do you think that God didn't know there were giants in the promised land? You think he didn't? Oh, I for, oh by the way, I forgot to mention, by the way, oh, oh FYI, there's also giants. In the, he didn't mention it. God didn't mention it, even though he knew it. You know why? Because to him, it was insignificant. It didn't matter. Because if God is for you, tell me who can be against you. In all honesty, if God's for you, who can be against you? He didn't mention the giants on purpose. Didn't mention them on purpose. Probably if he had, they wouldn't have even got that far. They would not have even gotten that far to send spies in. He didn't mention because they were insignificant. If God's for you, look at the report though of Joshua and Caleb. He said, oh yeah, there's giants in the land. However, they're like bread to us. Means we'll eat them up. And their protection is removed from them. Their protection is removed from them. Whatever protection they had before God gave us the whole land, it's gone. Because the moment that God gave us a promise, their protection is removed. They went to trespassing. They are now trespassing on God's property. Hallelujah. Why? Because God just, what, you think God doesn't have the right to give anybody what he wants to give them? Well, he, that wasn't right. God was actually taking those giants land from them. No, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything you see belongs to God. God is in control of it. And the Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the silver and the gold. They are his. Everything's his. He's the creator. He owns it. And you think God can't give you or give his people whatever he wants to give them? You better believe he can. It's his. It's his to do with what he wants. So there might've been giants in the promised land, but you know what he said? I'm evicting them and giving that to you. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I think about that right now. You've heard me tell the testimony about us moving to Florida. God did that. I mean, I'm, I'm in the place now that I'm positive. I am persuaded that God kept everything from moving forward for me personally and my wife. The guy that owned the house we live in now, uh, he tried his hardest, hardest to sell that house that he owned in the neighborhood where we now live. For two years, he tried to sell it. Could not get rid of it. He remodeled it. He put all new stuff inside. He did everything. Uh, could not get rid of it. Properties here don't stay on the market like that for two years. There's, it just doesn't happen. And that's when I moved down here. God was saying, I'm holding this right here for you. It's exactly what we wanted, exactly what we needed. And I'm sitting there waiting. I look across, can't believe the miracle that this attorney in, in Miami had this house trying to flip it, trying to get rid of it. I'm, and he's sitting there. And then you've heard me tell the testimony that by the time he put it into my hand, he had to drop the price of the house, a hundred thousand dollars. 
gave me $15,000 cash on top of that. Had to. Why? Everything's the Lord's and he has the right and ability to give it to you whenever he wants to give it to you. It's his. And when we delay, when we delay, we miss out on the blessings of God. Don't delay in what God's called you to do. Don't delay in your purpose. Don't delay in your calling. Step out and quickly accomplish what God's called you to do. Now in this, in this passage in numbers, it's uh, the danger of delay here. Now listen to this. As I'm reading this, I'm seeing it clearly as you should. What happens when we don't believe him enough to move forward? And they, after they heard the evil report, what did the people start doing? Grumbling against God. Grumbling against God. I'll go back to four, uh, Gen- uh, Numbers 14 and verse 1. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept. Why did they weep? Because they heard the report of the evil, the evil report of the other uh, 10. Listen to this. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Like literally, that's where their faith is at. God brought us here to kill us. That's what they're saying. Why couldn't God have killed us in Egypt? At least we would have, wouldn't have had so many calluses on our feet from walking. Why couldn't have God just killed us right here where we are? Why does he have to take us into that land where there's giants to kill us with swords? That's literally their report. Can you see how evil that is? Can you see how wicked to talk about God's plan for you like that? And God was angered by it, as the Bible tells us. And I'm going to read to you. Uh, what God said about their uh, attitude towards his promise, his word, his covenant. Listen, verse 26, Numbers 14, 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron saying, how long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I've heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, What you've said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness. And of all your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Isn't it interesting to you? Only the two men who had a report of faith were allowed to enter into the promise. Everybody else that grumbled, even the 10 spies that gave the evil report, God said, you will drop dead in the wilderness. You'll never set foot in the promise. Verse 31, but your little ones who you said would become a prey, I will bring them in and they shall know the land that you've rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies will fall in the wilderness and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and shall suffer for your faithfulness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out to the land, 40 days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity 40 years, and you shall know my displeasure, says the Lord. So notice this, as they were sitting there, literally contradicting God, saying that God's not able, saying that God can't deliver them, can't give them the victory, God becomes angry at their doubt and their unbelief and their fear. And what does he say? As a result of your delay, I want to take you back one chapter because here's, here's a phrase. Here's a phrase that I want you to get in your spirit. I'm going to highlight it here twice. Boom, boom. Um, After the people had given their evil report, write this down, put it in the comments, put it in your notes. Numbers 1330 is the one I want you to see. Look at this. He said, uh, the Bible says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. (laughs) You see that? Put that up in the comments, Numbers 1330. 
Let us go up at once, at once, and occupy it. For those of you that might be still writing, and those of you that have already popped it in, add on top of that, at once. Numbers 1330, at once. Put at once in the comments, because right there is your key to see today. Let us go up at once. That means immediately. Let's go right now. Let's go right now. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another day. Don't wait. Definitely don't wait 40 years. Let's go at once. That's it. Put it in. Hey, Ben. Let us go up. Gary's in the house. Let us go up at once. I don't understand why God's people delay when they know they've got a promise. When they know they've got a promise. Don't delay. Go up at once. Start that business God told you to start. Start that ministry God told you to start. Do the things that you're called to do. Step out. Go up at once. If God's given you a promise, if he's given you a call, if he's given you a purpose, don't delay. Go up at once and take it. Go up at once and take it. I want to show you this because I was telling the story when I was on the road. There was this man that my grandfather used to preach with. And um, the Lord kept speaking to this man over and over and over. Go to Vietnam. You know, preach. Hold revival. And the man was like, you know, Lord, I don't know anybody in Vietnam. I don't have the money. You know, I gave all these excuses. And God kept telling him, go to Vietnam. Go to Vietnam. Go to Vietnam. And preach. He never went. And then after those, all those times of not doing what the Lord told him to do, the Vietnam war broke out. And of course, many soldiers lost their lives. There was a lot, of course, even in this nation, a lot of people were so angry about that war that even when our soldiers came back, they were disrespected, uh, extremely disrespected. Uh, it was a huge controversial time in the history of the United States of America. And, um, so after all the Vietnam war came to an end and all that, the man finally took a trip over to Vietnam. And when he got there, a woman saw him and said, where have you been? And he was kind of freaked out by it. He's like, I've never been here before. You don't, you don't, I don't think you know who I am. She said, oh yeah, we know you. Where have you been? Where have you been? He said, what do you mean? She said, the Lord, when we were praying, the Lord showed you to us. We saw you in the spirit. And the Lord said he was sending you to come and hold revivals here in Vietnam. And you never came. She said, we had the money raised. We were ready to go. And you never came. Broke his heart. He actually felt like maybe if he'd gone and did what the Lord asked him to do and held revivals and see the nation changed, that possibly the Vietnam War would not have even taken place. But he began to preach everywhere he went. Don't fail God like I did. That was his message. Don't fail God like I did. What a heavy message to preach. He'd travel here, even here in the United States and preach. Don't fail God like I did. And he had the word and he had the leading and he had the calling. What did he do? He delayed. He delayed. He delayed by the time he got there. People had already died. See, delay. Let me, let me just say this. And I want you to put it into the, into the comments section with me right now. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Please put it in the comments. Delayed obedience is disobedience. It's like, you know, when you, if you were to tell your child, go upstairs and clean your room and they go up 30, 40 minutes pass and you walk up. And as they were cleaning their room, they found a toy they hadn't seen in, you know, three years. And they started playing with it and having fun with it. And the room looks unclean. And you're like, hey, I thought I told you to clean your room. I'm going to, I'm going to. But see, from your perspective, as you look in for 40 minutes, they've disobeyed your command to clean the room. Delayed obedience is disobedience. To not do it, to not do it and then not do it and then not do it and not do it. Amazes me that people get words and people get leading from God and people get prophesied over it. They don't step out. They don't step out. 
When are you going to step out and obey the word of the Lord? I've had people come to me in revival and be like, brother Ted, would you please pray for me? I said, how can I pray? They said, would you pray? God will begin to open doors. The Lord called me 35 years ago to preach. And I'm believing he'll, he'll begin to use I said 35 years ago. I'm thinking to myself, good Lord. I'm sure he's called somebody else by now. 35 years. You see what I mean? Don't delay. Delay is dangerous. Delayed obedience is just disobedience. That's, I, that's why I love what Joshua and Caleb said. We need to go up at once and take the land. Let's go up at once and take the land. Don't wait. You know, people tell us all the time. We have t- people tell me and Carolyn, they're like, man, you, you guys don't wait on anything. You guys like just, you get an idea and you do it. Yes, because I've learned this lesson, which is that if you feel the leading to do something, if you feel, if you feel um, the, the prodding, the, the, the push, the, the leading of the Holy Ghost, do it. Do it. Don't wait. God's giving you a, a leading for a purpose. Whatever thing, listen to me, whatever thing that you feel like would hold you back from doing what God's called you to do, don't let that be your problem. If God called you to do it, let him solve that problem. I have a lot of people that kind of say, well, you know, I, I felt to do this. I just didn't have the resources, just didn't have the finances. Step out anyway. Step out anyway. You know, we, we, we got this uh, studio. We, we didn't have any of this done. But let me tell you, as we stepped out and obeyed, the Lord took care of all of it. Literally. Do you realize? I've told you the testimony before. We, we came in here, God, by prophetic uh, vision. We found the property. My father had the vision. We found the property and then stepped in, uh, took, took the property over. Nobody knew we were, signed the papers, moved in, put all the equipment, built the LED wall. All the stuff is in here is debt free. We don't owe a dollar to anybody for anything. And then one of our partners sent in one check. We didn't, they didn't even know we'd done anything. No one knew. Nobody knew. We were just attacking what God said we would do. And one check came in, paid the whole building for the whole year. Whole year in one day. You better believe I was happy when I opened that check. But let me tell you something. It's about like, well, we're going to wait, brother. We're going to just begin to wait until we have all of our ducks in a row and uh, until we've got everything. And the problem is people will wait like that for their whole life. They'll wait for their whole life. And then your story will be like that dude. Uh, God called me to preach 35 years ago and I'm still, if it's God's plan, let God provide for the plan. That's right. Bethany said, if it's God's plan, it moves at lightning speed. They don't need to take a long time. Things don't need to take a long time. God moves quick. God can move quickly. He created the whole world, everything you see in six days. You think it's going to take him a long time to bless you? It's not going to. God can move quickly. God moves so fast that in one night, you think of a battle that's going to take months I've preached this message, you know, 185,000 soldiers surrounding Judah and Hezekiah, the king, taunting him, telling him they're going to kill him. In one night, God sends an angel down. One night. And they all wake up in the morning and every soldier that was opposing them is dead on the ground. Dead on the ground. One night, God does it. Daryl said, that's it. The provision doesn't happen until you step out because it's faith that provokes God. It's faith that provokes God. You've got to step out and do it. That's right. That's right, Lynn He pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. God's never going to run out on a check. God's never going to run out on a bill, find the bathroom when the bill comes and then run out the back door. He doesn't do that. He pays for what he orders. God does. So I'll encourage you today because I know there's people watching like, man, I have things God's called me to do. He's been speaking to me to do things and accomplish things. And I feel like I've been just kind of waiting on it and sitting on it and, and just delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Jump into it. Obey. You know, we barely, we barely had anything set up. I remember when Carol and I started the ministry, we have anything set up. I mean, you know, we didn't, we definitely didn't have the schedule we have now. I can tell you that where, you know, we had things planned and I had maybe a couple of things, you know, two, three things that were planned. A couple of invitations. Not, I mean, not much. 
I was preaching about this yesterday that praise God for a, a wife of faith and a wife uh, in the anointing because, uh, you know, you come back and at the end of the year, you know, you look through your, your income for 12 months and it's like, oh, $6,800 or whatever it was, <laughs> $6,800 after a year or 6,200, whatever it was came into the ministry. I thought to myself, good Lord, have mercy. But you know, what's amazing. We were excited to do it back then. And we didn't think, I wouldn't think about, I didn't think about it then. Like I would think about it now. I didn't think about say, I can't believe we've done it. I was excited to be started. I was excited that we were doing what God's called us to do. We packed everything we had up in the back of the car, literally sprung the trunk. I mean, we had so much stuff, Maddie's car seat and pack and play. And Maddie's, uh, I mean, Maddie was only two weeks old when we got going. And we packed a jammed everything in the trunk of a car. I remember back I had, I had the pimp mobile back then. It was the black Chrysler 300 with the 22 inch black rims, black grill. Everything was blacked out. Uh, it was just, we packed that trunk up and packed the back up and, and we'd get out on the road and preach. And, uh, it was amazing because, you know, it's not like we had this big schedule set up and all these things. It was just, you know, I know the Lord's called us. We're going to start and put this in the comments in all capital letters. Start where you are. <laughs> start, Bethany said, we need a picture. Start where you are. Start where you're at. Start where you're at. Put it in the comments section, man, because people are waiting until they get to that. I need that next piece of gear. I need that next piece. Of, and they're always waiting. I need that extra thing. I need this to do it. Just start where you are. I posted a picture on my Instagram. Um, I have Mackenzie, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. She said, there's my man, Minister Reese Jackson's in the house. He knows what I'm talking about. You start where you are. Here's a man that can get it done. That's why I appreciate Reese. Here's a man who knows how to get it done. He'll make it work. He'll make it work. We're not going to wait until every little piece is in. He'll make it work right now with what we have. That is so vital to what God's called you to do. Make it work right now with what we have. I posted a picture on Instagram um, of, of what? It was like 10, 11 years ago. And I was like, man, I started out 10, 11 years ago. I had one camera, one little DSLR, a couple of lights sitting in my uh, living room at my house and literally started popping out videos for YouTube. I didn't have a TV ministry. I didn't have any, all this equipment. I didn't have a studio. I didn't have anything. I just knew I, didn't, I need to start producing these videos. And um, I started popping them out, uh, these short little videos for people to understand questions that are asked often. And so one little camera, couple of lights, sitting on a couch in my house and like popping videos out week after week after week. That was 10 years ago almost. I guess it's almost 11 now. And now I look at where God's brought us because of faithfulness to just start, to just start where we are. The only thing that I think is diminished is back then I had hair. Now I don't have hair. But other than that, everything else has grown. <laughs> everything else has grown. And I'm just telling you, when you start where you are, you're giving God something to bless. Man, I, I want to say this because here's a huge this is a huge lesson for all of us. Put it in the comment section. When I start, I give God something to bless. Marie said, me too. We both had hair back then. <laughs> Put it, when I start, I give God something to bless. That's huge. When I start, I give God something to bless. God can't bless what never goes out from you. It's a seed. See, that's why we got to see it as that. It's a seed. It's the seed of my obedience. It's the seed of my faithfulness. It's the seed. When I start, I give God something to bless. God's not going to sit around and bless your planning and your, your meetings. And I wonder why God doesn't bless that. He, he blesses the seed that leaves unless a seed go into the ground and die. See, that's the key. A true seed leaves you and then you have no control over it. You understand what I mean by that? You know, that's why people who give in church and then they're always got their hand on their seed. 
pastor, I need to know what's going on with this money. I need to, I need to know you need to give me an account of where my people that are always trying to, well, you know, I give to this church. You better let me have an opportunity to do this, this, and this. If you've got your hand on your seat all the time, it's not left you and it's not dead in the ground. And that's the same thing until you, until you actually step out and launch the thing, do the thing to like, man, I'm out here now. I got, I got to just by faith, know something is going to have to take place because now I don't have control of it. It's out there. We've launched. It's going you, as long as you're in a room, just planning, planning, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. I knew a guy that wanted to be in music and he spent, if I told you how much money he spent, he spent so much money, so much money on equipment to make music, equipment to make music. He bought the highest end Mac, uh, the Mac pro, not the MacBook pro, the Mac pro loaded it out. I mean, those can cost as much as a, a cheap car when you load them out to the fullest. He bought the top end Mac pro. He had multiple huge screens back when those were first coming out, multiple screens on the desk. He had all the professional studio monitors. He had all the controllers, guitars, amps. He had everything, everything. And then I would get with him and he'd be like, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm working on music and whatever. And then I'd be like, I'd come back to him later and be like, Hey, um, so are you going to produce music? And he'd be like, yeah, but you know, I'm waiting because, uh, there's a new piece getting ready to be released. And I feel like when I get that piece of equipment, when I get really, when I get that, it's going to, it's going to turn the whole thing and it's going to make this sound amazing. And then he was always waiting for another piece, always waiting for another piece. Always wait, always waiting for more software updates, always waiting for more uh, plugins to be developed, always wait. And all that sat in his studio, sat in his room, always waiting for another thing. And then never because he said, well, if I could just get this, if I could just get that, I could, I could make it happen. And he never produced anything, nothing, nothing ever came out. And let me tell you another thing. I thought to myself, uh, I remember there was a band in the nineties. You might remember them. Don't judge me that I say their name, but there was, there was a band in the nineties, very popular called sublime. If anybody remembers the band sublime, put a hand up in the comments section sublime. And they became very popular, very popular. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. You remember them? Um, I, I read their story and when, when, when sublime was coming out, they got together, went in their, one of their living rooms. I don't know which one it was Went in one of their living rooms, had an eight track recorder and set that thing up on the floor and plugged their instruments into it. And some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but there used to be like Tascam and these different companies used to make these little uh, four track and eight track recorders before there were computers with like um, software to record music and all that. They had these little eight track or four track recorders where you could mix and record individual tracks at one time. It was very low quality back in the day. And they would just plug their instruments in, microphone in, and they would track their album in the dude's living room. And they sat there and um, recorded it all. And then once they recorded it all, they actually got permission from a local, if I remember the story right, they went to a local college who had a studio, a recording studio in the college. And somehow they got like an in that the, stu- the, the, st- the owner of the college or the, who was running the studio allowed them to go in at nighttime, like overnight when nobody was there and to use the, uh, the studio to mix and master their album. So like literally they got nothing. They've got an eight track recorder. They've got rough tracks. They can go in, they're mixing their album. They're mastering their album in this, in this college overnight. And they, they didn't have all this fancy gear. They didn't have, and the stuff sounded pretty rough, but they still went like sold tons and did concerts everywhere. It was like, they blew up, they blew up. I'm not saying God's hand of blessing was on them. They're like smoking crack, but I'm, you know, the point I'm making is they started. They just started with what they have. 
Sandra said, should I start law school in my early 40s? You're never past your prime if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're never past your prime if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. As I look at Caleb in this story we're reading right now, he was 85 years old when he finally said, I was, uh, I'm stronger today than I was when I went in to spy out the land. You know, he was ready to take it right now. He's like, let me fight. Let me fight. Give me a sword. I'm 85. I'll fight right now. We'll take the land. You're never past your prime if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. He's your advantage. So I encourage you, Cass, listen, whatever God's leading you to do, don't feel like you can't do it because of some number, some age. And let me tell you, especially nowadays, it's not like it used to be. I feel like people have more time now. I feel like there's more available now. You can do more faster. I also feel like people get discouraged about their age. 50 years old is young now. Hear what I'm saying. 50 years old is young. It's young. You've got time. You know, don't, don't look at yourself like, man, I can't believe. With what we've got going on, the technology and all we can do and, and what we know about health and plus we have a healer and we've got someone that strengthens us and gives us peace and 50 years old is young, man. It's young. You've got the ability to go and do what God's called you to do and you've got time. The Lord will strengthen you. Mary Jo said, what about 66? <laughs> you're never past your prime. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, don't be discouraged. Don't let the devil discourage you. You're well able. I'm saying to you what the spies with faith said to the assembly. You're well able to take your land. You're well able to take your promise. You're well able to accomplish your purpose. You're well able to do what the Lord has called you to do. You're well able. Let us go up at once. Let us go up at once and take it. I think of, I think of Brother Hagin. You know, many of you know Brother Hagin. I don't think Brother Hagin actually even launched Rama until he was like 56 years old. I think he was 56 when he launched Rama. So you think about that. You say, well, you know, he's 56. He's well past his prime of relevance. You know, he's not a relevant minister anymore. <laughs> he's not a relevant minister because he's 56. And then he launches and, and, and he explodes even further. I mean, he, tell, he used to tell the story. I'm, I'm referring to Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, who's going on to be with the Lord. For those of you that may not know who he is, um, you know, go and, go, and, go and look him up. Powerful man of God. Mendy said, 53 years old with two autoimmune diseases and started a nonprofit this year. I'm telling you, and we're going to pray and command those diseases to loose their grip, but nothing can hold you back if you're led by the spirit and full of faith. There's a man didn't even start the Bible school, the church, all that was going on till his mid fifties and then blew up for 30 more years, 30 more years. Imagine 30 strong years of production. And if Brother Hagin was 56 when he launched, he didn't pass away and go to heaven until 86. And he was holding strong, strong meetings and doing things for the kingdom until 86. He wasn't just sitting around in a nursing home. He was traveling, preaching, revivals, blowing it up. I mean, it was, it was powerful. I was with, in those meetings in the final days of his life. I was at the school in the final years of his life. I was at those winter Bible seminars. I was in those Holy Ghost meetings. And they were full of fire, full of fire. And you think if the devil could trick you or discourage you to say at 56 years old, well, you're pretty much over the hill. You're pretty much too old to be relevant. You're pretty much too old. You think about that 56 and then launches. And then for 30 years runs like a giant powerful. You're not too old. You're not too far gone. Hear what I'm saying. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can't be past your prime. I'm encouraging you today because it's time to cut delay out, start what God's given you to do and run with it, man. Run with it. Run with it. Let's go up at once. I love that verse. Let us go up at once and take it. Many of you, as I've been teaching this, you already have, of course, you know, because you have the Holy Ghost, you know what the Lord's called you to do. You know what your purpose is and you're sitting there thinking about it. 
as I've been teaching, and Diane remembers the word for the year, we're going to run in 2021. Crispine, thank you for watching from Kenya. We love you, those of you watching from Africa and the continent, we love you. Um, But understand this, as I've been teaching, you've been thinking about it. It's been in your heart, it's been in your spirit, it's been in your mind. I know what I'm called to do, I know what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to tell you, it's popping up in your heart. I just want to encourage you. Now's the time to start. Don't wait. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you. Don't wait for a sign. You don't need a fleece. (laughs) You don't need any of that. If the Lord has spoken to you, if the Lord has called you, I like that. Christina said, I'm just warming up, ready to run with momentum. That's right. We're warming up. I mean, the first quarter of this year is not even over yet. And I'm telling you, we've got time to run through 2021 with momentum, strength, power, and become extremely effective, extremely impactful. That's it. I like Luenda's faith. Somebody follow her lead and put it in the comments. No more delay. No more delay. No more delay. Quickly, what are some of the reasons that people delay? Number one, it's a lack of faith. They may not believe they can, like these people here. Lack of faith. We can't take that. We can't do that. We, nobody in my family's ever done that, but they go through that whole thing. Well, that's not possible. I've never seen it like that. Don't delay because of a lack of faith or fear. Don't do it. Others, because they're uh, over planners. But again, I think it, it, it's it, the over planning stage of, you know, having to go, everything has to be in line. Everything has to be in a row. All the resources have to be in the bank. Every, No, because you're not trusting that God can take care of you. People think it's overwhelming to, you know, sit there and say, that's just, it seems like a lot for me. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. God will even send you help. God will even send you help. No obstacles too large. Nothing that stands in your way is big enough to stop you. And so at the end of this broadcast, I feel the anointing right now. I feel the anointing to pray for you because I can't tell you how important you are, your call is, your purpose is. I've tried to, all through this broadcast, instill in you how extremely vital you are to the kingdom of God. You are. And the devil's so slick, he'll try with everything in him to get you to doubt that fact. And it is a lie. I I don't mind hammering that thought again and again and again because people need to hear it. It's a lie. You're vital. You're vital. And I feel the anointing. I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray a couple of things over your life on the end of this broadcast. The first is I'm going to pray that if you don't clearly know what your purpose is, that God would reveal it to you before the month comes to an end. We have three quarters left to run like you've never run. So number one, if you don't know your purpose, if you don't know your call, God will open your eyes and show you what you've never seen. Number two, for those that have it, I'm gonna pray that a spirit of faith jumps into your heart like never before from this day forward. I pray that this broadcast built faith in your heart to know you are able to do the impossible because the Holy Ghost is with you. And so I'm gonna pray that a fresh fire to do the work of God, a fresh boldness comes on the inside of you from this day to move forward without delay. And then finally, I want to pray that the, as you move forward, the windows of heaven open up over your house, your business, your ministry, your family, and that everything that you need with more than enough left over would become available to you as you step out in faith. That is my goal, my prayer for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying for your people today. I pray for those that may not yet know what it is they're called to do. And I pray you'd open the eyes of their understanding, open their heart in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Lord, that you would show them clearly what it is that you want them to do. Now, Lord, as they know, and those that already do know, from this day forward, I pray that you would give them this boldness that can only come from the Holy Ghost. It's not natural, it's not fleshly. Let it only come from the Holy Ghost and let it be so much 
boldness that people will look at us twice and say, what in the world got into them? Let it be seen in the natural realm, that kind of boldness, that kind of fire. We will not be intimidated. We will not, no giant is going to back us down in Jesus name. No giant's going to back us down. I pray right now by your power, Lord, strengthen every person to start today. No more delay. Let us go up at once and take the land. And then finally, as they obey, as they step out, as they walk by faith and not by sight, let the resources come quickly. Open the windows of heaven over your people today. In Jesus name, as they're obeying you, we thank you, Lord, that the resources, the increase, the finances are coming and coming quickly. If they're starting a business, we thank you that the clientele is coming quickly. If they're starting ministries, we thank you that they will make an impact like they never have. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory and praise for what's about to happen. You're launching us into the final three quarters of this year. We thank you and we give you glory in Jesus name. If you believe it, somebody throw some hands up in the comments, shout aloud, amen, wherever you're at. Give God praise and glory for his goodness, amen, and his mercy. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on that, man. God's going to do it. Listen to me. This is what I'm asking you to do. If you're believing for that, if you're believing for that resource, if you're believing for your business, if you're believing for your ministry, I want to encourage you right now to sow a seed by faith. There's nothing that can take the place of a seed sown. Nothing, nothing. I'll tell you, one of the things that we've added on top of our tithes, on top of our offerings, is Carolyn and I have made up in our minds that we want, and on top of blessing the poor, we wanna bless the men of God. And so we've chosen some that the Lord's kinda led us to, and every month we've set it aside that we're going to sow a certain amount, a good size amount into each minister every single month to them personally. Why? We believe in blessing the men of God. We're not going to fall behind in our giving. I guarantee you this. Thank you, Amber, for sowing a seed. I guarantee you this. 2020 Ted is not going to outgive 2021 Ted. <laughs> I can tell you that. The old me is not going to outgive the new me. I put this on Twitter the other day because I, I never, uh, I never really viewed it in this way, but you know, there's all this debate among people in the body of Christ is tithing for today is tithing, not for today, you know, whatever, whatever you might believe, think of it like this. How could we as believers with a new and better covenant ever allow people in an old covenant, which is a worse covenant, do more for the Lord in giving than we do under Jesus. I thought about that. It blows my mind. How could we ever let Old Testament people who don't have the promise or the covenant give more to the Lord than we do under a better covenant? For that reason alone, I will make sure I'm tithing and giving. I, for that reason alone, I will never let Old Testament saints <laughs> outgive me in the kingdom. Never. Never. If they gave it, plus they gave free will offerings, plus they blessed the poor, you better believe under a new covenant, I'm going to do more for God than they did under an old covenant. I can tell you that right now. Old Testament saints aren't out giving me. And so if they uh, tithe in the Old Testament, you better believe I'm going to do it and more in the new and more. Thank you, Sandra. I appreciate that. Thank you for sowing that seed. If you'd like to sow your seed today, which I'm encouraging you, get an instruction from the Holy Ghost. Let him guide your giving today. You can go to miracleword.com, wherever you are in the world, and sow a seed there on the website. And there's all the ways you can give on the website. Uh, PayPal is available to you. If you'd like to do a Zelle transfer, PayPal and Zelle use the same email address, info at miracleword.com. Cash app is available if you're in the United States, as well as Venmo, both of those, MWGive. And uh, of course, on the Facebook or Twitter, you can use uh, hashtag donate in the comment section. Bethany said, show of hands, who has ever gone backwards because of tithing? Crickets, no one, okay? <laughs> it's true. God, how could we ever 
be penalized by God for giving to God. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. God has a desire to bless you abundantly. One of the things that took Carolyn and myself, I can tell you this for a surety, one of the things that took us into overwhelming blessing is that we just made up in our minds, we're going to give and give like nobody's business. Even when there was a time, and there was a time where Carolyn and I were in debt personally, and we were like, okay, now we're not dumb people, but let's ask ourselves the question, are we gonna just focus everything on debt and stop giving to God until the debt's paid off? Or are we gonna honor God first? And you know, we obviously what we decided to do, we would never pause our tithing and we would never pause our giving to get out of debt. Do you know how quickly God brought us out? So quickly. And we had debt hanging over our head, but we said, I'm not gonna stop tithing. I'm not gonna stop giving. I'm honoring God. It's a God first mentality. And I'm telling you, God blessed us so abundantly. It's mind blowing, mind blowing. And both of us were working jobs back then. Carolyn worked for a law office and uh, God just continued to increase us supernaturally. That's the key. Your giving determines your blessing. That's how it works. Your giving determines your blessing. Let me encourage you. Maybe you're watching and you've not taken the step of faith to partner with this ministry as of yet. I want to encourage you because it's my prayer. We're touching the world. You know, we are every week around the world, as well as feeding the hungry, as well as live crusades, as well as these broadcasts daily. We're doing everything we can to touch the world. If you've not considered uh, partnering with us, pray today. I know the Lord will speak to you. Our prayer, we've asked God to send us a thousand people that would stand with us every month at $85 or more. Will you be one of those people? If you will, go to miracleword.com and sign up to partner with us today. And I want to say thank you. Of course, everybody that's partnering with us in the month of March, we're sending this book to you from uh, Brother Hagen that you heard me mention, The Will of God in Prayer. Powerful book. All you got to do to receive it is go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Fill out the form. Let us know where you'd like us to send it, and we will. If you're giving largely, you know, $1,000, $10,000, $20,000, whatever you'd like to sow into this ministry, we're going to also send you that uh, Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather, beautiful, beautiful edition uh, that we're able to get from Tyndale, and we're going to get it to you, and I'll sign it to you. Let me make an announcement as you're giving also. Today's the last day? I thought we passed it. Oh, that was to make sure they shipped in time. We'll still try to get these to you, but today is the last day to order the Easter boxes. Now, last Wednesday was the last day to to ensure we could get it to you in time. We're still going to do our very best to get it to you. It's U.S. shipping only, but after today, they're being taken off of the online store. Um, And so I just wanted to let you guys know If you would like to um, get an Easter box for your kids or grandkids before Easter Sunday comes, uh, please place it today. It's going off the store after today. We can't can't do any more after that. Uh, Inside, there's two different ways to get it, by the way. An Easter box with a t-shirt or an Easter box without a t-shirt. If you want to get one uh, with a t-shirt, it's $45. Without, it's $25. But you get the Strong Smart uh, Set Apart water bottle. Uh, the Miracle Word Kids sunglasses, pink or blue. Uh, you get a yellow drawstring backpack, a bracelet, Easter crafts, candy, all this stuff we've packed into. And you get the custom Miracle Word Kids box that has the confession printed on it, all of that. Um, so if you want to get it, you got to go to shop.miracleword.com. Shop.miracleword.com. And you'll see it there. But today's the last day. It'll be up on the store and then it's coming down because we won't have time before Easter Sunday. So get it in today if you want to get it. It does not come with a sublime record, Matt Costa. And so uh, if you want to get that, you're going to have to go to um, FYE. (laughs) FYE. You're going to have to go to, uh, what was the other uh, really popular store to get CDs from back in the day, Tiff? What was the place everybody went? Not FYE, but the other one. It was like, um, you bought CDs there, you bought, uh, they had clothes in there and all that. Do you remember? You didn't buy CDs, only cassette tapes, <laughs> eight tracks. 
<laughs> Leslie said, my son looks so cool in his Miracle Word kids gear. We've been getting pictures back. Take pictures, tag me and Carolyn in the pictures uh, so that we can see them on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Not hot topic. Good <laughs> job. Uh, thank you, Faith, for sowing a seed. Please tag us. Please tag us. We want to see the kids, and uh, it's, it's cool to see. And we just had somebody send it to us. Um, both of their nephews got a box. Hey, Alessia, good to see you from Italy. Tower Records. <laughs> you can go, like, browse through the records. Um, but make sure you send it to us. We want to see it. We love you guys. I'll be back all this week and I think next week, right? I don't know my schedule. Where am I? <laughs> what state is this? I'll be here next week. I'm here all week this week, all week next week. And then we jump back on the road again. Uh, I think in April we're out for three weeks preaching and it's going to be a powerful April. Listen, we've been having victory tribe members meet us on the road. People driving in from all over the place. Uh, if Jess, Burton is still on. I believe her and her husband drove up. It was six hours round trip from Ohio to Detroit. Man, that meant a lot to see them in the, in the service. We took pictures with them. I got to see Al LePage. I got to see so many people. Uh, Kim Hughes, awesome. I want to see you guys live in Revival. The website has all the details of the confirmed meetings. If you go to the schedule page, we would love to see you in person at any of these uh, upcoming meetings. Bethany said Spring, Texas next week. I am not in Spring, Texas, but we're coming back to Tomball, Texas in July. And so we'd love to see all of you guys at some of these upcoming meetings. Find them on the website, make plans. It's the best time there ever was. Plane tickets are cheap. Jump in a car, whatever you gotta do. Um, lay on a mat and have four people carry you. It's a wonderful thing. Ava said, are you coming to Massachusetts? I'm gonna come to Massachusetts at some point. At some point this year, I'm coming to Massachusetts. Don't be dismayed. I shall not leave you lonely. I shall not leave you as orphans. I'm gonna come. For I long to be with you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Zach Ramsey, if you're on still, uh, keto starts today. Do not eat carbohydrates. You know I'm holding you accountable. Uh, it's not keto tomorrow, it's keto today. It's keto today. And anybody that wants to join us, we're going to drop some LBs before Resurrection Sunday. We love you guys. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I'll see you again tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.